0: Welcome to the Recruitment Mentors podcast. My name is Hisham Mazuz, and this is the show where every single Monday I'm going to be sitting down with high-performing recruiters or successful recruitment entrepreneurs to uncover how they have remained at the top of their game by discussing their daily habits, uncovering their mindset, their approach to leadership and much, much more. In this week's episode, I was joined by Steph Bateman, who is the founder of Educate Staffing. Steph had a difficult journey. She became a young mum at 18 years old, so she had to juggle being a mum for the first time whilst building her recruitment career and later on her recruitment business. But despite those challenges, she's been on a fantastic journey where she unlocked her inner confidence. She's grown as a leader and she's now leading a recruitment company that's doing multi 1000000 pounds in turnover. You're going to really enjoy this episode. And if you're watching this back on YouTube, hit like, subscribe, uh, so you know every time we release a new episode on Monday. Enjoy. Steph, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for uh, the first guest that's come a bit late. So I'm going to learn from that one. I'm going to put a bit of an emphasis on turning up on time. Sorry about that. <laughs> but where we always like to start is, is the million pound question in recruitment. And I'm sure it's a question that you've asked yourself a lot since growing your own recruitment company. So yeah. I want to hear your take on it. So in your view, what characteristics and traits do you really believe make up a highly successful recruitment consultant in, in today's market?
1: It is a million dollar question. Mm. Um, and I ask myself it every time I interview people. I think that the, one of the characteristics that you can't really get away from is people need to want mm. to be successful and they need to want to do well. The reason why, I don't think you can say it's because of just money, because there is different reasons. And, but I don't know anyone that has done well that hasn't really, really wanted to. Mm. Um, you know, that have been a bit half-hearted about it. Mm. So I'd say that for number one. Um, and I think number two, you have to be personable. If you can't build relationships, it's it's not going to go tough. that well for you. yeah. Um, and I think I have interviewed people and I have hired people that you wouldn't immediately think are personable. Sure. But over time, like, you know, you go out on socials with them and you realise actually they are. Mm. Um, if they don't have that trait, then and it, it's, it's something that's quite hard to learn you, you can build on it but yeah I'd say those two things
0: so Pat sat down before you and said a similar thing around drive yeah so I'm just always curious I guess like firstly where's that come for yourself like have you always had it was it your circumstances growing up that really go that gave you that gave, the sort of drive yeah, yeah. I don't know anything what what do you think really gave you that
1: I found when I've interviewed people that my reason and my drive was probably quite unique to me. Okay. Um, So I haven't been able to relate to that many people with it. But mine was uh that... I guess my story, without mm. going into it too much depth, was that like I needed to make money. Like, yeah. I had to, I had to pay for a child. Yeah. I had to put a roof over my head, mm. and I had no other choice. I was working two jobs, and it was like I ha- I that was my yeah. drive. It was like I just need to actually like meet meet my basic needs. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Um. So so that that was my initial drive. But as you go on and you earn money, mm. it was like I had this like addiction to success in mm. my eyes, and so then that drove my continuous, I guess just my ambition
0: yeah curious how comfortable have you found it yourself personally and then also with your friends female friends talking about money
1: I definitely I'm not as open now Mm. as I would have been probably when I first started out in recruitment because I felt like we were all in similar situations in in an essence and we were all kind of like struggling for money a little bit whereas I think now I'm probably in a slightly different place to them, so I wouldn't talk gonna, about it that I'm much. Come across
0: in like an arrogant way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be conscious of that, so mm. I don't, I don't I was, speak yeah. about it openly. I was
0: just curious because just I was speaking to my um girlfriend about this, and like, I don't know. I do in terms of like the UK. I don't know. There's definitely sometimes shame attached talking about money, and like, yeah, I've just definitely had to really push my it girlfriend is. sometimes to talk about, like, to be proud of like that she's got a pay rise, and she's. I don't know if you yeah. found that. That's why oh, I was curious.
1: I massively do, and I think that. For me money's been quite a key thing within my life because I've it's been difficult. Mm. And so it's been something which I've always been like I've always talked about it. I've yeah. like always create budget spreadsheets like really? I'm quite particular about it. And so I'm very like for, with my partner mm. it was something that he wouldn't really talk about really? and I had to make those conversations happen because I'm like well if we're in a relationship then well, these yeah, things need to be out in the open that. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. And so I think that I do find that society generally, mm. they will steer clear of having those kinds of conversations. And it's like, if you're, if you're doing quite well financially and other people around you aren't, you do feel a little bit like, okay, this, is, this could be an awkward conversation. So you probably avoid it.
0: Mm. It's interesting. So I want to really talk a lot about your own business journey. Yeah. But let, let's just sort of touch on it. So from what, what I took in, in preparing for this, obviously, you, it looked like you worked for like two quite big brands. Yeah. Right, so worked at Randstad, and then what, what was the other company? Um,
1: Tradewinds. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Tradewinds, yeah.
0: yeah. So, so I guess, so when you said that, like, you literally needed to be in an environment where the earning potential was there. Yeah. Was that going into recruitment, or was that what recruitment really gave you then when you first landed in it? Like, how do you find yourself in recruitment?
1: Uh, uh, quite an interesting story, actually. So I, my sister was in it, okay. so she's five years old, and she has a recruitment company now. mm um, but she was doing it, and she earned quite good money. Mm. And I originally was trying to get into management consultancy because I was like, I don't want to do sales. Because yeah. I worked, uh, I think we'll touch, Like I worked for a company called IB for Angels, which was just sales. Yeah. And so I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And then she was doing really well, and I thought, right, I need to make money quickly. So, <laughs> I, And I'm not getting into management consultancy because my maths is, was quite poor. And mm. I tried to get into a graduate scheme, didn't make it. And so I was like, right, recruitment's going to be... I'm just going to give it a go. Went for four interviews for a to Rect. Mm.
0: Didn't get any of them. Really? Yeah. I didn't. What was the feedback?
1: Um, couldn't present well. Wow. Shy. Um. Shy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> definitely wouldn't sit. Really?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. 100%. I used to get really, like, flustered talking. Couldn't really... Um, which is why I touched on earlier about developing person... Like, being personable. Because yeah. I definitely wasn't someone initially that was just, like, a trait yeah, that yeah, I yeah. could... Um, that, that was obvious. And then I was like, well, you know, I, I've, I've got to do something now because mm. I'd actually left my job at IFB for Angels. So I had a gap. in my did I had job. no money.
0: Yeah, um, so I did the same thing. And then when you start speaking to re- recruiters, you learn that's not, that doesn't look very good, does it?
1: No, 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 <laughs> <I learned laughs> no. That, <but> no. <laughs> no, it doesn't look good. Like you've left one job and you've not Without gone to another. another yeah, I always on, ask. I drill people on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I did it. And and so then when I was looking at other jobs, I was like, well, I'm going to have to do this myself. I'm, I'm like having no success with these recruiters, so I've applied myself to a mm. job at Randstad, which at the time the salary that they were advertising was 24k.
0: Really, which starting that like, like that, and that that was quite a few years ago. That That's was decent. many
1: years ago, and that was so high. So like. And I remember getting my first pay pack and they'd underpaid me.
0: Really? And
1: I was like, everything was about money. Yeah, and so yeah, I just yeah. said to them, I was like, What's oh, going on? yeah, like you've underpaid me. They're like, well, we never said we're, you're being paid like that, that salary. That's, that's too high for your level. Mm. And I was like, this is the advert. This is what yeah, I came yeah. in for. And then they, they changed it.
0: Really? Yes. Yeah, so I
1: was really, really lucky. But, um, it was, I interviewed there and it was for IT or education. I got second for both. Not, again! I'm not really too sure how. Mm. And then I was like, oh, I'm not going to do both. I'm going to. So I went with the one that I really liked, the manager. And which so, which was education. Which was education, yeah. And that was how it happens.
0: So let, because I want, I want to make sure we touch on this because I think a lot, a lot of people can learn from it. Or I think a lot of people may see themselves with how you describe yourself when you were going to these interviews. So I guess the best way to sum that up would maybe be in a confidence or. Those like, how did you? I know we were just speaking before we started, but like, talk to us a bit about how you went about unlocking that. I guess because yeah. whenever I've met you and spoke to you, I've never sort of attached you with things like shy. And <laughs> do you get what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. how did you? How did you go about unlocking that for people that may want to grow their confidence, which a lot of people do?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to, um, and, I, and I still do now. Like, I love learning new things. Yeah. I love like trying to challenge myself, and so. I could quite clearly see from having not got to a second stage in the first four interviews that that was one of my problems, and so I was like, I didn't really know how to make it better, so I just literally like went on Google or Yahoo, maybe it was back then, (laughs) and looked into how to build relationships, and so I just listened to yeah. And so I literally just listened to like YouTube videos. I listened to like everything I possibly could. I read books. Um, I actually can't remember there was wasn't really any book that I'd say would stand really stood out. out yeah. But just within that time period, and I spoke with my sister because mm. she also did it as well. And I just tried to adjust the way that I, what I was doing, mm. and just try and put things in place like breathing mm. and like being able to prep for questions a bit more and and really just enjoying it instead of thinking about oh what are they thinking or yeah, what's yeah, happening. Yeah. Um and I th- I think that like even the interviewer that I had for Randstad, I remember one of them said, oh no, we can't hire her because she's just she's gonna be too difficult to manage. Really? So I must have made quite a U turn from like the first four interviews to that um, mm. for them to then say that. But I, love I think that. yeah just just a little bit of like really self self-development self-development and trying to teach myself something new around how I was like portraying myself because it was very different from my beef angels
0: would that be your advice then for people listening I'm sure you're yeah. trying to help people with this in your own business
1: yeah I would say that they should just really try and like even just practice stuff in the mirror really like if, if to to become more comfortable with having a conversation with someone that you're not used to but but being able to be, like, ask questions that you're, okay, I'm not prepared for this. Mm. Um, and just become comfortable with it, speaking.
0: Yeah. It is it's such a useful skill, isn't it?
1: Yeah, Like, it, it can it's, help you
0: in all areas of your life.
1: Yeah, I think if any job that you're going for, mm. if you're, any industry that you're going for, if you're not coming across as someone that's, you know, a little bit confident or a mm. little bit personable... Then it's it's going to go against you, even if maybe you've made some incorrect answers that they pe- perhaps weren't looking for. Mm. Then I think that is that that will kind of get you half the way.
0: Yeah. So you touched on it earlier, then. So correct me wrong. You've got a little girl, right? Yes. So how so? How old was you when you had your little girl then?
1: Uh, eighteen.
0: Wow. So then. That's quite, so like pretty much. So you've obviously been re- um, raising her pretty much your whole entire career, basically.
1: Yeah. So I remember she was. So I think I was 21 when I went into a recruitment. Mm. Um, i just finished my degree. Because um, the other job that I used to do was was nights. And she says, yeah, I think she must have nights. been two. Yeah, I did not... Because I had her and I still had to have an income. And mm. I was at uni. So I was like, I, so I did three, generally three nights. So it was a bit flexible. So yeah. you could do more if you wanted to earn more money because it was commission only. Right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then had her when... Yes, yeah, so I think she was two when I went into it, yeah. Wow. So She's been in every office I've worked in. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, she's come to visit. She's like got on the phone.
0: That's amazing. Because I, I know when I called you, I've had, um, I haven't had loads of people, but I've had a handful of people on the podcast that have had to raise a family. And I think I'd like to think that the sort of needles change on it where Steph being a young mum in recruitment five, ten years ago would be mm-hmm. entirely different to how it would be now. I'd like to think yeah. so anyway, in terms of companies being more remote or being more open to being flexible because yeah. I've had a lot of people on here where basically they've they've had a child or they they started to raise a family and then they sort of went their careers in recruitment they've had some sort of like ultimatum where it's like oh like am I going to be able to carry on with my career when I yeah. come back and it's uh, for a lot of people share that it was just they made it really difficult for them yeah they lost their contract but like I don't know it's the last thing so I guess it'd be great if you could just talked to us a bit about how you've gone about and I'm sure there's been plenty of good days and bad days yeah but like how have you gone about juggling being Steph the mum yeah when you walk through the door at home to being someone that's driven money hungry and have to perform at work as well with clearly huge responsibilities on your shoulders
1: yeah I think I think one of the things is that in my eyes I didn't give myself a choice okay it was that you I I was so determined to build a career that was mm. successful and I think that a lot of people when I was was growing up and found out that I was pregnant and stuff and I was having a career at quite a young age that were that didn't believe in what I was going to be able to achieve and were like yeah you're probably just going to you know go on to benefits yeah, and, yeah. and not get a job or not finish uni and I think because of that I was really just committed to I guess a little bit proving them wrong. I think it can be quite stubborn. Um, And I think, secondly, like when you're going through that, you just. You know her needs are, are number one. So making sure that you've got your organised, that you have mm. a routine. Like I probably don't know how to sit still now because <laughs> it was it's you're constant, you're constant, you're going, you're going, yeah, yeah. going. And so I'm not good. Like people always say to me now, like I just you, you don't know where to chill out, but but I do. But I have probably different things that I do to chill yeah, out now. Yeah. Where, because she's thirteen now, so it's like she's she's like self sufficient. Yeah. But I think when she was a baby and it was like doing recruitment, I think it was it it was just I. And i still I still had a social life. I still did other stuff. It wasn't like that was the only thing that I yeah. did like live and breathe recruitment and have her. I think it was just being able to make sure that like I was organized like everything was sorted and there were days when that didn't go to plan yeah. and that you would have to adapt and you'd have to work stuff out but there was it was always okay. Mm. you know no one was ever it you know it was not like I was ever in a situation where really I probably couldn't go to work or were, there was inflexibilities at work definitely because i had to start at seven so that was hard and, and and i broke up with my partner so, so that made it difficult yeah. but like, there's always a solution yeah. like that was there was never a time where i was like i'm giving up because that's what it really is like yes it's hard it is hard yeah you've you've decided to have a child so that <laughs> is your responsibility so now it's your responsibility to to make that happen and still build your career and if people don't in my opinion, there's never really a strong enough reason, to, mm. besides the fact that you decided that you're not going to do it.
0: Mm. No, good on you. I shouldn't, like you just, like you just said, you looked for, you had a solutions mindset and a positive mindset rather than. Yeah. But that must have been difficult.
1: Yeah, like hundred percent. There was many times where I, I would think to myself. God, I've got it harder than everyone else. <laughs> um, not, not that I wanted to give up, but like, oh God, my life's hard. I would never tell anyone that, but like mm. in my head, I'd, I'd say that to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I'm like, I'm achieve it. I'm not. I used to say to myself, I'm not going to compare myself to others around me. Mm. And even in my job in recruitment, I was like, I'm. I want to be better than everybody around me. Mm. I want to be able to be the be that person that to myself is incomparable to anyone. Mm. And so, like that was the thing for me. Was like being a mum and doing and doing that was like, well, yeah, I'm doing it, and yeah, okay, it's quite hard, but I'm choosing to do that for myself. Yeah, yeah, no one's yeah. making me do it.
0: Love that. Let's go into educate staffing then. So, obviously, worked at those two brands. So, what was the first year like? What did the business look like in year one? Because that's typically the hardest. Was it just you? Just me. smashing that for the whole first year. Was it just you. This podcast is proudly partnered with Vin Cherry. recruitment operating system. For those of you that haven't seen, where have you been if you haven't seen this news already? But I just wanted to, to jump on and just say a huge congratulations to Vinceri, who recently joined forces with the Access Group, partners with a heavyweight who share their vision of providing a single operating system for the front, middle and back office for growing recruitment firms across the world. So what does that mean? VinCherry have the same people, the same vision, just way more firepower and resources to make VinCherry even better. So if you have not checked out Vinny already, please go and do so. Use the link in the show notes. You will not be disappointed. And of course, because you're going to be going through the podcast You'll be looked after and you'll get your exclusive savings. Check it out. And again, huge congratulations to Vincery.
1: No, I did employ somebody. I think it was at, at the sixth month I employed okay. someone. Didn't work out. But, you know, all of these things, learning curves. Absolutely. Um, and for the first and for the first six months, I literally did everything from invoices, compliance, mm. marketing. If you could call if there was any marketing happening, yeah. then it was minimal. Yeah, everything. And so, for the first, we broke even by the sixth month.
0: Okay. I think it was a sixth month. Was it? Was it many temp, temp recruitment that you did at that time, or
1: so? A lot of our stuff it is temp, but you'll usually place somebody into a job, and yeah. then they'll stay there if if they're good for like the academic year, sometimes longer okay so so yes we it's contracts but it will be like long-term but like it's a contracts. Long, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's day-to-day but then the day-to-day is a lot of it to be fair to begin with i did used to say to clients like don't come to me for day to day." what do you mean
0: by that sorry so like I'll, i call you in the morning then you're like yeah i've got a supply yeah, teacher that can come in today yeah sometimes that it, could work like that pretty
1: much that so we would stipulate within the business that what i did for myself that anything below five weeks
0: Right. Would okay. be a
1: would be a day to day because sometimes we'll get clients that will call and say I need somebody next week. Yeah, yeah. And I need them for two weeks. And then actually sometimes it goes into a long term or you get the calls in the morning like at the moment that are crazy.
0: Mm. I
1: think because of COVID, that they want somebody on the day. Wow. And that's why we have what, to just start at day? seven. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's mad.
1: Yeah. So it's very, very fast paced and intense in that sense.
0: Mm. Okay, and then how much perm did you do then? Just because it just be good for I'd
1: people say to understand. Perm in that first six months, none. Okay. Not none in the first six months because I know some people build their business off perm initially. It, we, I didn't do that. Okay. Perm wasn't an area that I was used to or had any kind of drive to try and mm. make that big because so I wasn't used to it. But then as the business has gone on, I'd say probably now, perm makes up about ten percent of oh, wow, the business. Okay. Yeah possibly even 20% because we've had we have found we've had quite a bit more mm. but that might just be where the business is growing.
0: so like I haven't had many people on the podcast that recruit in your sector so, so it'd be really just good to just break down a few things so firstly like how have you like from my outside looking in I feel like in those types of sectors, if it's education and sometimes other public sectors... Yeah. You have a lot of, like, the big... Like, Randstad and these things are, like, really well-established, got loads of people smashing the phone from 7am until whatever <laughs> time. Like, how did you compete? Like, yeah. you just step in the office on your own. Like, how did you compete?
1: So, for me, Randstad, actually, they, were, they had, like, a pop-up branch for education. So, they weren't that... that to me, they weren't a big competitor. But trade wins. Yeah they're an amazing company they do things very well I learned so much there so what I took from that experience was like okay I've got a really big competitor here Mm. that I know inside out because I've worked there for how long what can I change about what they do that's going to make my business different and have a USP and better and it for me it was service service it was service and it was because the company was quite big and there was lots of other companies out there that were big that one of the things that was missing was providing somebody that elite level of service. And so, you know, our referrals are like, we get so many referrals mm. because every part of what we do, we will ensure it's like, I guess a, a good analogy would be going on like a, maybe a first class flight mm. or like an Emirates mm. flight against an EasyJet. yeah, yeah. And it was like, we wanted to provide that experience that through every step of the way that the candidate was like, oh wow, and they just want to work through us.
0: sure,
1: Because we all know it's like a candidate... A candidate-led market for, mm. in most recruitment sectors, and so and that was one of the things that when I first started in recruitment, I never realised. I I, I I don't know if it was necessarily a candidate-led mar- market, but now I think that over time, it's definitely so much that that if mm. you don't provide that level of experience, then what what are you offering that they haven't mm. already got? Why would they come to us?
0: Yeah, and I guess particularly in your working environment, like like I had um, Pat here before and he recruits in tech and he was comparing that like you have people out there who transactional recruitment doing one two three deals but now he's, he's proper into like selling solutions and mm. solving business problems and having those conversations and I feel like yeah. in your environment I've, I've just seen this through companies or people i met in like the healthcare environment as well like it can be even more transactional like if I'm calling a steph the recruiter at seven saying hey have you got me a job or whatever I don't know yeah. like it could be so easy as well in your environment I guess to just give like a really poor level of service and just view these people as just five weeks do, do you get yeah. what I mean I don't yeah. know I feel like yeah, your environment could just um, facilitate that transactional even more
1: yeah I think it does and I think that's the trap that a lot of recruiters fall into and especially as I'm training trainees mm. I have to really really instill the service because mm. it is so fast paced that they feel like that's a lesser important part of what yeah. they're doing because it's like, we just need to get someone in. But it's, that's not what we're trying to build as a brand. Mm. And I know that there's a lot of companies that that's what they do mm. and it works and it's successful. But I, that, that's the one reason that I was successful as a recruiter mm. was that if somebody's relying on you for a service, that that service is the communication's amazing. It's regular. It's more frequent than what they're used to. And that's the reason why we have people that come back. Mm. But it isn't something that I think is obvious within mm. such a transactional market. Mm. And so it's just making sure that, that all those little bits aren't missed. And so we have a lot more things done around the service that I feel like are just little touches that help.
0: Here's an example. What, what, what so one of the things
1: there. we do, um, I'm not sure if this is the best one that I can, okay. but it comes to mind, is um, it's like this little pink envelope. So it's our lovely pink brand colour. <laughs> yeah which is not my favourite colour, yeah. but anyway. And we send that to every candidate that starts working for us. Okay. Um, and inside it is chocolates yeah. and a loyalty scheme thing and also a I say a l- loyalty scheme thing. So they, they go onto a loyalty scheme. So everyone that works for us earns a loyalty point for every day that they work. Okay. And then they can claim back the points for awards. Oh,
0: that's cool idea. Yeah?
1: So it's a little bit different. Yeah, so yeah. we try and like, make sure they're aware it's like, better than Tesco's club card cards. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, that's
0: awesome. So like the, little touches like that,
1: yeah. Little touches like that, and I think that, um, like sometimes it just means a lot to people. Sometimes people are just like, whatever, but you know, those little things that people realize are making yourself
0: memorable, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I think so. And just showing that you care.
0: Mm. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, you're in in March, you educate staff and be going for six years. So a lot of companies that make it. yeah
1: people say this to me and I don't know any stats around it but yeah that's what I keep hearing
0: what do you think that like again if we're sitting here just thinking over the last six years like what do you think has enabled you to continue going in the right direction and and yeah I'm, I'm obviously being where you are as a business today like I don't know what do you think are the things that you really stayed true to or the the key parts of that that you've really made sure that Yeah, are non-negotiables if it's the service and these things. But I don't know, last six years, what what was it that you made sure you did?
1: um, I think develop a process Mm. because you can't really scale if you don't have processes in place. You have to have good people around you. Mm. I think that's that's non-negotiable. And I think I was very much to begin with, and I feel like if I could redo the last six years, I'd realise that, like, I'm, I don't know everything. Mm. And what did you think you did? I think I think I, I was very like, I'm right. Okay. And it's, it's not about being right or wrong. Mm. It's about, well, what can you learn and who can you have relationships around you that are going to help, sure. you know, grow stuff. So I think taking on good advice and actually implementing it, because I've got an amazing business partner mm. and he always said to me in the first couple of years, he's like, if you just listen to me.
0: <laughs> and I was like... What, what was it that, like, prevented you from listening, do you think, just...
1: I think because he had a business mm. in the medical sector. Yeah. And I, my business being education, I was like, yeah, but you know, that doesn't apply doesn't for education. Right, right. So possibly that, but yeah, that, that's probably it because he did really, really well. And so there shouldn't have really been a reason where I was like, mm. well, he doesn't know best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'd probably say that. But I think that being able to just ensure that, yes, there's going to be hard times. Like, God, those couple, first couple of years, I cried a lot. Like, that was my way of dealing with it emotionally was like, I'd go and have go in a room and I'd I'd have a cry. (laughs) And I think that's one of the things that probably I don't necessarily see that many people that own businesses show their weaknesses and senses. Mm. And it's like, it is hard. But at the same time, what what amazing things do you achieve Mm. through things that are just easy?
0: So, how did, you, how did you deal with the overwhelm then? Because I think a lot of people can be feeling this right now. Yeah. Like I speak to a lot of recruiters who have got the most jobs that they ever have, or these things. Like, how, how have you got better at dealing with the overwhelm? Because now it's not just Steph providing for your family, it's Steph is also has created a business where you're supporting how many employees you got, yeah. you're, they're relying on you to, to pay them, and those things. Like, how, how have you got better at dealing with the overwhelm? Um, or, or do you still go and. Crying, I'll cry in the uh, meeting
1: room. It, <laughs> I actually don't, but you would think because now I've got more people, it'd be harder, which in ways it is, but it's mindset. Okay. I think that thankfully now, like, you know, maybe positive, negative, like the world talks a lot more about mindset and how, mm. how you deal with things. But I think if you have certain ways of being able to deal with the way that you, you generally will treat your emotions in your head or feelings that is t- your typical way and you don't really change it, then you're probably not going to progress okay. that much and things will still be hard. Whereas now, I still definitely have moments where I'm like, okay, that's stressful, but I'll, I feel like I have ways of being able to deal with it. I like, I'll openly say I, ha- I have therapy once a week. Okay. And that has been hugely beneficial how for long, me. How long have
0: you had therapy? Like, when um, did that
1: start? It's probably been... So I did the landmark, which I know that you know about, yeah. I've mentioned to you. That was, like, the beginning of, like, my... I think my mindset journey. Mm. And then I, I loved it. I like, I, I got people to do at work. I was, like... Landmark was just amazing for me. But then I, all, I didn't carry... Like, I'd done probably about over two years, maybe different courses. How would you
0: describe Landmark really quickly, just for anyone that hasn't heard of it? I felt like it was a bit of a cult.
1: Yeah. See, <laughs> it's I, like a bit
0: of a personal development yeah,
1: cult. Yeah, I think people can do. So it depends on, like, where you're at in your mind of it. So yeah. for me... It helped me deal with a lot of things that I've dealt like in my past yeah, yeah, that yeah. I probably hadn't ever addressed. Sure. That were like coming out with different different, different problems of, in my yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was quite an angry person. Really. Yeah, and so I think now I I just it's different ways to deal with stuff and different ways to view things. So it was really good for me. But I do agree, like not everybody would necessarily get amazing things from it. Mm. I, I've got better relationships, mm. contacts, networking.
0: How do you describe? Like your sort of personal benefits or, of having a therapist and um, to a therapist each week. So
1: think? that's that's my chill, by the way, because you know I was like, oh, don't chill out. That's yeah. that's like my chill. Fifty minutes. I feel like every week because I can just literally. I, I probably I've realised from it that I I struggle to everything's so fast paced I mm. don't stop. Sure. So whilst. I'm doing something I'm thinking about four other things at the same Mm -hmm. time so I'm not solely focused on one thing yeah so I think that it's helped me be able to be in a moment more and be able to actually for example with staff be able to actually listen to what they're saying Mm. and like really give the best possible response to because like you said earlier like they're dealing with loads of stuff Mm. and you are there. like they they're kind of relying on you and hoping that you're going to give them the advice and support which kind of isn't in your job title but it is at the same time yeah so I think that part has been really helpful. I think being able to realise that failure's okay, okay, because I probably don't accept very well that failure's allowed in my, in my brain when yeah, it's yeah. like, it's okay. It doesn't need to be like failure, that's the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be a, a beneficial thing. And I think just being able to just cope with like everything in a, you know, you don't have to, have to get worked up about situations that you know there's there's five things happening you know there's there's 10 people calling your phone and mm. you know this phone's ringing and someone's talking to you because that that was probably a hard thing for me to to manage was the fact the business is growing mm. and everybody wants to speak to Steph yeah, yeah. and I, which is fine you know I've created that but yeah. then how do you create it so that people know right I'm available then mm. this is when you can speak to me this is our time together outside yeah. of that I'm doing this
0: yeah and you've and, got to be responsible for yourself
1: yeah, 100% and your timing. And, like, I used to make myself available for everyone at every, every minute, and that was something... Just went
0: a bit too far that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, because yeah, I thought I could just do everything.
0: Well, um, so really quickly on this, how did you go about finding a therapist? Because I've spoken to a couple of people about like this, and I think that can be quite overwhelming. Like, where do I Look, even go? Where do I start? Like, how was that for you really quickly? This podcast is proudly partnered with the award-winning... Sourcebreaker. Like always, I think the best way to hear about a product and how it's had a positive impact on a recruitment business is by listening to the customers who've invested in the product. But before you hear a really great soundbite from Ben Broughton, who is the founder of Premise, who we've actually had on the podcast, there's a good chance right now if you're a recruitment business owner that you're hiring your clients have loads of jobs. You need more people to help deliver on these jobs. So you're probably thinking, one, how can I hire more people? And two, how can I get more people up to speed doing more deals quickly? Well, in this short soundbite, you're going to hear how investing in the right tech, having the right tools can absolutely impact your speed to competency and get likely your trainees that you're going to hire up to speed more quickly so have a listen to ben and as always if you like what you hear go and check out Sourcebreaker. use the link in the show notes you will be stupid not to and uh, you will get an exclusive deal and money off the product if you go through the recruitment mentors podcast so go and check it out enjoy saucy b source huge huge fan oh mate love love it absolutely love it adam and steve down there brilliant brilliant product I've been a massive champion and ambassador of it since it was a bloody spreadsheet gone how many years ago to to the incredible product that it is today. Sorted is brilliant for, we were talking about that kind of growth and scale, bringing new consultants into your business, trainees, that product will help them be more effective quicker. We did, I did some crazy ROI stats in terms of bringing, bringing rookies to the business, getting using source breaker the boolean tools the mi chasing all that kind of stuff absolute no brainer for your business did you get I recommended che- i
1: cheated a little bit on this because i have a pa so she actually found her for me <laughs> fair but do you
0: have
1: any idea
0: how she like found someone or i
1: think she just went online really okay, she just fair, literally fair. went online and, and googled like therapists mm. and i had one on it and it didn't work out and so i have a different one now who it just works for me because she's just like kind of tells me a bit more like how it is and I, it's just a bit more plain and simple whereas I don't really like like pussyfooting around yeah, it's just like yeah. get to the point yeah okay um, fair and, enough. and so that that worked quite well for me but I think so we actually have an internal therapist for the business really? yeah because I found that with COVID like people's mental health was real worry for for like not just one employee but mm. for quite a few and how they were managing with like not going out and being at home and
0: yeah.
1: all the things that people did, have dealt with throughout COVID and that particular person that I've actually got was a really unique relationship so she was one of my clients she was a head teacher okay and she started working for me as a supply teacher and then she was like Seth I'm gonna stop working for you as a supply teacher and I was like oh my god why I'm trained to be a therapist and so she now does that and we so so whoever wants it can ask for it and then it's completely private and that that we'll just pay towards it so we pay the majority of it and then the the person who's having it after the first three sessions Mm. they will just carry on and you know, for some people, it's been really, really helpful. For other people, it's like, yeah, it wasn't really for me, which, which yeah. is fine. But we've, it's just an additional way to say, look, we're here to help yeah, yeah. and support you through whatever. Whereas, like, you know, f- when I first started the business, I would have been like, we're not doing that for people. <laughs> like, we're here to make money and it's a business. But it's so much more than that.
0: Mm. What other things like that have you invested in maybe that you think has impacted culture or impacted... Because basically what what that's going to do is it's likely going to impact performance, isn't it? And yeah. People being happier and well, which means they're going to perform better likely. Yeah. Is there anything else that you ended up have ended up investing in that's um, had quite a positive impact, do you think?
1: I would say, I mean, socials are important. It's an obvious one, but mm. I do think socials can be overlooked, especially throughout COVID. Mm. And it's such a, a good way to be able to just get people out of work mode and be Mm. able to like uh, actually build better relationships relationships with them because you know even no matter how big your business is it we're in a relationship industry so Mm. if you've got good relationships with your staff that's going to be crucial for them wanting to stay like i don't think i can say i've ever lost anyone in the business that i was left off their own back and gone to a competitor really No, uh, unfortunately, I've had a little bit of a sacking mentality for the first few years, so (laughs) I did sack a few people. (laughs) But then I realised that that's actually... Not everyone's going to be amazing really quick, so Mm. I've I've adjusted. Um, But, yeah, I think that...
0: Well, you held them to your standards? Yeah. Really?
1: Yeah. Everyone needed to be like me, and if they weren't, it was a problem. And that's just not the way that that Mm. the world is. Yeah. So, yeah, I've realised that. It took me a little while. But um, I'd say also things like just having this is again sounds like a bit of an obvious one but taking the time mm. to make sure that like checking in with everyone mm. so like we do holidays away every year and stuff like that um we do things like you know add-ons like private health care and we're looking at gym like supporting with gym membership and sure. stuff but i think actually just just like ha- having a discussion you know mm. people need time and they need to, you need to be able to find out like what's going on with them so it's just having that balance between making sure you make that time, but not too much time that it's becoming yeah, yeah, detrimental. Yeah.
0: Love it. Obviously, being on such a journey of your sort of leadership, it seems like. Yeah,
1: massively. Yeah, I think like I've only got 15 staff. So, mm. and I feel like after six years, you know, don't get me wrong, it's not all about how many staff you have. It, ultimately, well, you, it's bad, you,
0: you're not, you're not happy with where you're at. You well, think you should be I further think, along? yeah. Not that it's just on 15 yeah. heads, but... Yeah. Because what how, has the revenue gone in the right direction? Yeah.
1: So, surprisingly, the last few years, COVID was, like, a big concern. Yes, we were going to do better last year than we already did, but we still had the best year ever. And our what, trajectory- since
0: you started? What did yeah. you do revenue-wise?
1: We did last... What year are we in? Year f- five. No, I'm finishing it. Year five, we finished on... After everything... I think it was two point eight turnover, mm. and I think after everything we did, half a million wow. off the top of my head. And I should know because we're actually just filing our accounts. Okay. And then this year we're on track to do, I think, three and a half turnover. So our yeah, so our revenue should be seven fifty. I think it is after well, everything.
0: That's gone in the right direction.
1: Yeah, it's gone so 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 much better. Mm. I think I didn't really. I just thought that we'd be here a little bit quicker mm. and I think that all of the little things that I've learned that now I feel like we're going to excel even quicker Yeah, yeah. and like th- all of those little, I know it's once you get bigger it's harder to add on 50%, 50% sure, each sure. year but I do feel like it should get quite a bit better quicker now because we've got more better people on the team, better talent, better processes, learnt from the lessons that we've learnt from yeah, already yeah. so it's quite exciting
0: I love it so what as we as come to the end then like what's where do you want the business to be this time next year or like what's what's the what's the next thing for you where do you want to be because um, I'm sure you have big goals yes. big ambitions
1: so I think like this so our financial year now is different so so I our fina- financial year ends in August okay so for this year now that we're in September to August like I am really really committed to making sure that we hit our hit our like revenue target yeah so like so for me yes we've got gross profit and that's important but we're over that already for this year so that's looking really good but then we're spending too much money okay so it's like making sure that everything's aligned in that sense so like yes i want to achieve that but at the same time over the next like in the next year i want to push manchester Mm. because that didn't work out i want to develop the business so that are and really relevant i think for this is making sure like our trainees are in three yeah. months in and they're profitable yeah yeah um, and so far it's like we've done it with a few but not with everybody been, yeah, yeah. so it's just really making sure that process is solidified and then it's like you've got such a good system and process around everything mm. that it's like a little um formula yeah, yeah, yeah. so i just want to make sure like that's solid and that we can keep growing. And obviously, there's going to be problems. It's not going to be like, yeah, I've got the formula, that's it. But yeah, Man- be, Manchester yeah. and that formula of getting trainees three months in and, and then flying. Because ultimately, you've got people that were probably not on great salaries that are able to earn money really quickly, really mm. well. And I love that. That's why like I have the business is, is that, yes, I want to be successful. But I love seeing people be successful and, and be able potential. to like earn yeah. money they've never earned before.
0: I love that. Well, look, Steph. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, thank you so it's much. It's been a pleasure. Uh, honestly, I think you inspire a lot of people. Thank and you. And I, I think it's great the journey that you've been on. So
1: thank you. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs>
0: Well done on making it to the very end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I've done my very best to try and level up this podcast that will hopefully mean that you can take even more learnings from these conversations and apply it to your own recruitment career. Like always, if there are any particular topics that you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. The best place to reach me is on LinkedIn. Send me a message. What would you love me to cover with future guests? If you have enjoyed the podcast,